Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Grant. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. I do want to encourage you to check out our other podcast, in particular, The Amazing World of Radio. Go to amazing.greatdetectives.net, where this summer we're playing through the entire series of top-secret, all-available episodes, just a great espionage drama starring Ilona Massey. And you can also uh, listen back through the entirety of The Amazing World of Radio, all the series we've done, including our summer of Bogart, Our tributes to Kirk Douglas and uh, Jack Webb, Summer of Angela Lansbury, so much more. Be sure and check it out at amazing.greatdetectives.net. And also the video version of this podcast, videotheater.greatdetectives.net. And our World War II podcast, thewar.greatdetectives.net. But now uh, we're going to get into a series called Public Defender. Uh, Public Defender aired from April to October 1948 and starred Santos Ortega. And Santos Ortega was a huge staple of the New York radio acting community. He played a lot of roles. Uh, He starred as uh, Nero Wolf for part of the 1944 season. He also originated the role of... Inspector Queen on the radio. And he continued to do a lot of guest acting and character acting in radio as long as it was in New York. Uh, In fact, uh, we heard him in quite a few episodes during the Bob Reddick and Mandel Kramer episodes of Johnny Dollar a while back. Well, today we're going to bring you the episode which originally aired on April the 18th, 1948, and the title is The Case of Don Winthrop. The Mutual Broadcasting System presents Roger Kilgore, Public Defender. truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these rights are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I'm Roger Kilgore, public defender, a paid servant of the public. It's my duty to defend all people accused of crime who are unable to pay for their own defense. The case of Don Winthrop began late one Monday morning in May in the office of Dr. Ames, the Chancellor of the State University. Dr. Ames was deeply concerned as he looked at the hulking figure of the detective who stood beside his desk. You're sure there can be no mistake, Mr. Maxwell? Positive, Dr. Ames. I don't know what to say. We have students of every sort and description here, and sometimes they do get into scrapes, but... Now, look, Doctor, how soon before Winthrop gets here? Oh, I've sent for him. I don't know exactly where he is. He 
Is he near the end of the year? He might be taking his final examinations. If he hasn't skipped town. Oh, I, I don't think he has. You you found his car? Yeah, it was parked in front of a dormitory building. I don't mean a thing. Well, I'm certain he wouldn't have gone away without it. An old jalopy like that? We shall see. In the meantime... Oh, that's probably young Winthrop now. Uh, come in. Excuse me, Dr. Ames, but the proctor at the library told me oh, to... Oh, yes, yes. Come in, please. And uh, close the door. Oh, yes, sir. Mr. Winthrop, this is Mr. Maxwell. How do you do, sir? Hi. Mr. Maxwell is with the city police. Oh. He's a detective. A detective? Yeah. I guess you're surprised, aren't you? Well, I, I, I don't understand, Dr. Ames. What's a detective got to do with me? I got a warrant for your arrest, young fellow. For my arrest? But I haven't done anything. You just killed a guy, that's all. I what? Last night, while you were out driving on the boulevard, you hit a guy on a bicycle. Hey, no, wait a you minute. You didn't even stop to see if he No, was... no, no, wait a minute. I didn't drive my car last night. That's no good, Winthrop. We got your license number from a motorist who was right behind you. He saw you hit the boy and run. He couldn't. And he did stop to look at your victim. But I tell you, I didn't use my car last night. I can prove Come it. Come on, let's get down to headquarters. Hey, no, wait a minute. I've got a final exam coming up in a couple of hours. If you'd let me explain right here and You'll now... You'll have to go to headquarters, young fella. There's a charge of manslaughter against you. Manslaughter. And you can't explain that to anybody except the captain. Well, there he is, Mr. Kilgore. That's the kid himself, Don Winthrop. Thanks, Phil. Yeah, not at all, sir, not at all. I'll call you when I'm ready to leave. Anytime, sir. Hello, Don. Oh, gee, Mr. Kilgore. You, you don't know how glad I am to see you. I was afraid I'd have to go through this business without a lawyer. You asked for the public defender, didn't you? Well, yeah, but the police and the magistrates seem to think that because I'm a student and own my own car... I know, Don, but they can't take chances. Some people try to get out of paying legal fees. But they know that a student at the state university doesn't pay for his tuition. And as for the car, You I... need it to take you to and from your job. Huh? You work in a gasoline station out of town from six in the evening until midnight. The police checked on me so soon? That's right. They don't waste time. And that's why I'm here. The probation department's convinced you can't afford to hire a lawyer. Oh, gee, that makes me feel a whole lot better, Mr. Kilgore. Good. Now tell me what happened last night. You know what I'm being charged with, don't you? Yes. Manslaughter. I'm, I'm accused of knocking someone down with my car on the boulevard, but I wasn't using my car. Jeff Kimball had it. Jeff Kimball? Who's he? One of the fellows at the university. I loaned it to him to keep a date. Do you live on the campus, Don? Yeah, I've got a room at Preston Hall. Who's your roommate? I haven't got any, Mr. Kilgore. I live alone. Oh. Go ahead, then. I was in my room studying, and somewhere around 8 o'clock, I heard someone knocking on the door. I went to see who it was. Oh, hello, Jeff. Come on in. Are you busy? Yeah, I sure am. I'm grinding for the exam tomorrow. Oh, yeah, I saw your car parked out in front. Hey, what's the matter? Did you give up your job at the gas station? Oh, no, no. I'm just taking a week off. I've got to make sure I pass my exam. Well, say, if you're going to grind all night, how about letting me use your car? I've got a date. Oh, sure. Oh, but you'll have to be careful, Jack. What do you mean? Well, the brakes need tightening. I've been meaning to fix them, but never oh, got around to it. Oh, watch it. I won't go over 30. Okay. Here are the keys. Oh, and look, Jeff, if you get back late and I'm asleep, leave the keys on the floor in the back of the car, will you? They'll be safe here. Yeah, sure. Well, so long, Don. And thanks. I'll see you tomorrow. Okay. Well, Mr. Kilgore... I studied until about midnight, and by then I was so tired I couldn't see straight. So I decided to go to bed. I'd just gotten to sleep when I thought I heard someone in my room. I turned on the light, and it was Jeff. 
Hey, what, what, what's the idea of the light? Hey, what do you want, Jeff? I brought back your keys. I told you to leave them in the back of the car. I know, but you gave them to me in person. I figured it was only right for me to... Hey, Jeff, them. are you drunk? Drunk? No. Oh, you're looking kind okay, of seedy, Okay, so I had a few, but that... Hey, look, Donna. Huh. I gotta tell you something. Yeah? Now, don't hold it against me. It wasn't my fault. Well, what happened, Jeff? Uh, one of your front fenders. What? There's a pretty big dent in it. Oh, darn it. Didn't I warn you about the brakes? I told you to go easy. It wasn't my fault. I was parked and the guy in front of me backed up. He went right over the bumper and smacked into the fender. Well, did you get his number? No. Why not? Well, he was such a nice old guy, Uh Don. I'm so apologetic. Yeah, but he busted my fender. Okay, so you'll drive the car the way it is. It's just an old jalopy anyway. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks. Well, I better get some sleep. I hope nobody spots me crossing the Anything else, Don? Well, that's all, Mr. Kilgore. Tell I was called to the office this morning, and that detective told me... Oh, I didn't know what he was talking about, Mr. Kilgore. Now, Don, it's obvious you haven't got an alibi. What do you mean? If anyone but Jeff Kimball had seen you in your room after 8 o'clock last night, you would have told the police. They would have checked. Well, no one was in the room except Jeff, Mr. Kilgore. Which doesn't help at all. Well, Don, there are some items in your story I can check on before this case gets to court. Yeah? First, I'm going over to see Sam Howard, the district attorney. You want some facts, Roger? All right. I'll give you an airful. Tom Stewart, age 19, was riding his bicycle on the boulevard last night when a car knocked him down and killed him. And the driver of that car didn't even stop to see if the kid was hurt. Yes, I got that from the police file, sir. Well, then you know the whole story. Except for details. It was Winthrop's car. Yes. If it hadn't been for a motorist with brains enough to take down the license number, Winthrop would have gotten away with it. Another hit-and-run killer going free. Sam, I don't want to see hit-and-run drivers get away either. But if there's a chance that Don Winthrop is innocent... He'll get his chance to prove it. So far, he hasn't been able to convince anybody. Except perhaps you. He hasn't convinced me yet. But it seems to me that... Don wouldn't have told that story he did, unless there was some truth in it. Well, let's examine his story, then. He told me he loaned the car to Jeff Kimball. Kimball denies it. Mm-hmm. And he told me he didn't leave his room in Preston Hall last night, but nobody saw him there. Not even Kimball, huh? Nobody, Roger. Did you try to find out if anyone saw Jeff Kimball in Preston Hall last evening? Look, Roger, State University's a big place. There's seven or 8,000 students there. But a lot of them live in Preston Hall, Sam. Where Don Winthrop has his room. The police have gone all through that dormitory. They found some kids who know Jeff Kimball, all right, but they couldn't find anybody who remembered seeing him there last night. Well, that doesn't prove he wasn't there. No, it doesn't prove anything, Roger. Did Jeff Kimball tell you he had a date last night? He did, and we checked it. Uh Uh-huh. He had a date with Ruth Lansing, the daughter of one of the professors at State University. Did you get her story? Naturally. According to the girl, she and Kimball were nowhere near the boulevard or near the scene of the hit-and-run killing. Perhaps I should introduce myself, Mr. Kimball. I'm the public defender, Roger Kilgore. Okay, so you're the public defender, Mr. Kilgore. But this is the school library, and that sign says no talking, please. I doubt if we'll disturb anyone in here. There's no one in this room at the moment. I've got too much studying to do anyhow. Now, look here, Jeff. Let's keep it formal, huh? All right, Mr. Kimball. We'll talk here until we're requested to stop. I'll be back in my room in an hour or so. Will you answer my questions then? No. I'll tell you then what I think of Don Winthrop. 
I won't have to keep my temper. I see. I've answered enough questions today. I've done practically nothing else, and if you want to know what I said... I already know what you said, Mr. Kimball. Huh? I've been to see the district attorney. Oh? Then why bother me? Because I wanted to meet you. Okay, so you've met me. Thank you. You're welcome. How do you feel? What? You wouldn't have a headache, would you? Say what? A little hangover from too much drinking last night? Oh, I get it. The fairy tale Don told the police and the DA. Was it a fairy tale, Mr. Kimball? Yes, but they didn't fall for it. Police are still checking, you know. Let them check. Suppose they find someone who saw you drunk last night. They won't. Are you sure? No, I'm not sure. Are you planning to fix up a phony witness against me? I don't work that way, Mr. Kimball. Okay. I was out with Ruth Lansing last night. I brought her home about 12.30. And then I walked across the campus to the rooming house I live in. I didn't meet anyone. You didn't use Don Winthrop's car? That pile of junk, I should say not. Then why should Don try to implicate you? Well, he's been working too hard. Maybe it's affected his brain. Or maybe he saw me walking across the campus and he got the idea he could frame me. Oh, then you were near his dormitory after midnight. Yeah, I passed right by it. Now look, Mr. Kilgore. I know I sound pretty antagonistic, but you're out to help Don. And after what he tried to do to me and is still trying to do, I... want I... to get the facts, Mr. Kimball. And I'm going to keep after them until I find out who's telling the truth. You or Don Winthrop. <laughs> Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I'm the public defender, Roger Kilgore. Oh, yes. Won't you come in, please? I'm Mrs. Lansing. Thank you. I've been rather expecting you. That's so? It's about the Winthrop matter, isn't it? Yes. A dreadful tragedy. That poor boy on the bicycle killed, and young Winthrop in jail as a criminal. Do you know him, Mrs. Lansing? Of course. He's in Professor Lansing's class, and he's been here many times. My husband's discussion group, you know. I see. A fine young man, and so conscientious. I can't understand him doing a thing like that. He pleaded not guilty, Mrs. Lansing. Oh, to be sure. And he's complete... Oh, Ruth, dear, I'm glad you came down. I was just going to call you. This is Roger Kilgore. I know, Mother. Mr. Kilgore, I don't want to be rude. But I'm very tired. I'll try not to keep you long. Just a few questions. But I told the police and the man from the district attorney's office... I'd like you to tell me too, Ruth. But I can't... I don't see what harm it can do, dear. Just a few questions. What do you want to know, Mr. Kilgore? Were you out last night? Yes. With whom? Jeff Kimball. Where did you go? To the roadside inn on Highway 4. You had to drive to get there, didn't you? Yes. We used my father's car. Oh? Jeff doesn't have a car of his own. He got here about 8.30. Mother and Dad had gone down the street to keep a bridge date with the Spencers. Dad's car was in the garage. That's true, Mr. Kilgore. Dr. Spencer and Amy have a house on Faculty Row. I see. What time did you get back, Mrs. Lansing? Uh, it was quite late. After one o'clock, I believe. Then you don't know whether your car had been used, do you? Ruth has said so. I'm sure she wouldn't lie to me. I have no reason to lie to anyone, Mr. Kilgore. And if you're going to presume... I'm that only I... asking you and your mother the same questions I'd ask you in court, Ruth. In court? Yes. There will be a trial, you know. Don Winthrop claims he's innocent. I know. Now, Ruth, was Jeff Kimball drunk last night? No. He didn't drink at all? No. Mr. Kilgore, I've heard what Don has said about Jeff, and it isn't true. Jeff didn't borrow Don's car. 
John made up that horrible story just to save his own skin. Perhaps he didn't make it up, Ruth. He did. And if he's guilty, if he ran down that boy on the boulevard and killed him, if he... I won't answer any more questions. I want to be left alone. Ruth, dear. You see, Mr. Kilgore, the poor child's all broken up. Yes, I can see that. Uh, Couldn't you wait? Come back later, perhaps. Mrs. Lansing, Don Winthrop's in jail. And if he's not guilty... Ruth, what broke you up just now? Nothing. Was it a mental picture of something terrible? Something that you witnessed? I'm just tired, that's all. You're sure it was nothing else? I just told you, Mr. Kilgore. All right. Now, you say you and Jeff drove to the roadside inn on Highway 4. Yes. And we got there about 9, and we left a few minutes before 12. And we used my father's car. How did you get there, Ruth? Why, straight up Highway 4, of course. From here? From the entrance to the highway, a few blocks from here. And you went straight to the roadside inn? Yes, yes. Ruth, did you tell that to the police? We told them we were at the inn, and I suppose... We? What do you know what Jeff told the police? We... Well, I assume that... Why don't you stop trying to mix me up? Mr. Kilgore, if you're not going to be fair... I'm being very fair, Mrs. Lansing. I'm giving your daughter every opportunity to tell the truth. Are you suggesting, Mr. Kilgore, that my daughter... I'm suggesting that Ruth Ruth and Jeff couldn't have driven to the roadside inn by using Highway 4. Why not? Highway 4, about a half a mile from the inn, has been closed for three days. But that's... But that's... The highway's under repair. You have to detour by way of the boulevard to get to the inn. I don't believe it. You're trying to trick me. Why don't we go for a ride? My car's right outside. Then you can see for yourself. I won't go anywhere with you. I can't take any more of this, Mother. I'm going upstairs to my room. I've never seen her act like that before. Mr. Kilgore, is the highway really closed for repair? Yes, Mrs. Lansing. But they must have gone to the roadside in the place. Have you and the professor ever been there? Well, yes. Once or twice. Then you know how crowded that place is. And how noisy. Yes, it is. If I wanted an alibi for something, Mrs. Lansing, I'd say I'd been to the roadside inn. And I could be reasonably sure that no one would ever remember seeing me there. I suppose you're right, Mr. Kilgore. But why should Ruth need an alibi? Either Ruth or Jeff Kimball does, Mrs. Lansing. But why Ruth? I don't know yet. Oh, dear. Is there a payphone nearby? There are payphones in all the school buildings, Mr. Kilgore. But I wish you would tell me... I've got to call my office immediately. I'm sorry, Mrs. Lansing, but I haven't a minute to spare. Miss Carpenter, this is Mr. Kilgore. Oh, yes, Mr. Kilgore. Is Dennis O'Malley there? He's in his office. I'll connect you. Go ahead, Mr. Kilgore. Hello, Dennis. Yes, sir. I want you to meet me right away. Right away, sir. I'm at the State University, faculty row. Yes, sir, I've got it. I'll be in my car about 50 feet from Professor Lansing's house. Lansing, yes, sir. You shouldn't have any trouble finding it, Dennis. Oh, I know your car, Mr. Kilgore. All right, I've got a job for you. I'll tell you what it is when you get here. But get here fast. You certainly took your time, Ruth. I'm sorry. I had trouble getting away from my mother. Well, you call me and say it's an emergency. You ask me to meet you in the cafeteria, then you oh, show stop up... stop being so fussy. We're in serious trouble. 
What's the matter? Public defender came to my house. So? Doesn't that mean anything to you? He's defending Don Winthrop. Okay, that's nothing to get excited about. But he knows we didn't go to the roadside inn last night. What? He asked me how we went, and I told him straight up Highway 4. That's right. But Highway 4 is torn up half a mile below the inn. There's been no traffic on it for three days. For three days? Why didn't you tell me there was a detour? I would have been prepared. I didn't know about it, Ruth. I haven't been up there in weeks. What are we going to do? Well, you can keep your voice down for one thing. Mr. Kilcoe will find out we were driving on the boulevard. How can he? Well, he knows I lied to him about the inn. Well, what does that prove? Well, it proves... Now, listen, Ruth. You've got to stand pat. We've told the police and the D.A. our story, and we've got to stick to it. But the detour, Jeff... We took it. We'll tell that to a jury and let Kilgore prove that we're lying. That's no good. Why not? My mother heard what I said. I can shut her up easy enough. How? If she asks any questions, I'll tell her that you were driving the car when we hit that kid. But, Jeff, I wasn't. So what? I can swear you were. Oh, why did I let you talk me into this last night? But you did, honey. I was so frightened I couldn't even think. And I've been sick about it ever since. Well, it's too late now. You're an accomplice. I begged you to stop the car. Okay, so you did. But can you prove it? Oh, I wish I Excuse never... me, Bud. Can I uh, trouble you for a match? I haven't got any. Oh. Uh, how about you, lady? No. What's the matter, lady? Is this guy giving you trouble? Why don't you mind your own I business? I was only asking the Go lady... Go away, please. We're together. Oh. All right. I, I thought maybe... Uh, excuse me. I didn't mean to butt in. The lunkhead. Everybody wants to be a hero these days. And that's what you heard them say, Dennis? Exactly, Mr. Kilgore. I was sitting at the next table to them in the cafeteria, and then I did what you told me to do. You went over to that table? That's right. And I made sure they both got a good look at me so they'll recognize me the next time. Thanks, Dennis. Well, Mrs. Lansing? I don't understand, Mr. Kilgore. I, I can't understand. Well, it's obvious now that Don Winthrop is innocent. Yes. But my daughter, she... Ruth should have gone to the police... And reported what Jeff had done. But she had... Mr. Kilgore, she can be punished for not doing that, can't she? Yes. She's compounded a felony. Oh, good heavens. But if she goes to the DA and tells him the truth now... But she lied to the police. I'm pretty sure Sam Howard would be willing to overlook that, Mrs. Lansing. If Ruth makes a statement voluntarily and without delay. Oh, I wish I knew what to do. Would you like me to speak to her? No. No, would be much better coming for me. When Ruth comes in, I'll... Oh, that must be Ruth now. Ruth? Yes, Mother? Come in here, please. I, I can't, Mother. I'm going up to... I want to speak to you. All right. But please don't ask me any... Huh? You see, Mr. Kilgore? She recognizes me. You came over to our table in the cafeteria. What are you doing here? Ruth, this man is Dennis O'Malley. He's one of my investigators. You had him follow me, didn't you? I suspected that you would rush over to see Jeff. And I had to know the truth about what really happened last night. Well, you sent a spy. And he saw Jeff and me talking. But he didn't hear what we said. But he did, Ruth. What? Tell her what you heard, Dennis. Sure. When you got to the cafeteria, Miss Lansing, the boy Jeff Kimball was already there. And he said Stop to you it. that... 
don't care what you heard, Mr. O'Malley. You'll never prove it. And neither will you, Mr. Kilgore. I'll deny everything. And so will Jeff. Why, Ruth. I've got to, Mother. And that's all I'm going to say. Now, Ruth, you listen to me. I can't. Please, Mother. I know I can never make you understand. I understand now, my dear. <laughs> You're terribly confused. But you've nothing to be afraid of. <laughs> nothing, Ruth. Mrs. Lansing and Mrs. Ruth Lansing, this is the district attorney, Mr. Howard. How do you How do? You do? Would you sit down, please? Thank you. Sam, Ruth Lansing wants to make a statement on the Winthrop case. A statement? She wants to change the story she told the police and your assistant. Oh, I see. But, Mr. Howard, my daughter and I must be sure that she won't be punished for not telling the truth before. All I can promise I is I didn't that... do anything, Mr. Howard. I was just very frightened and very foolish. Well, suppose you tell me what you want to change in your story. All right. Jeff and I had a date last night. And without my knowing it, he borrowed Don Winthrop's car. And we went for a ride on the boulevard. Go ahead, Miss Lansing. Well, we drove for about an hour, and then Jeff suggested that we stop off for a drink. Where was this? Oh, a little place just off the main road. I don't know the name of it, but I, I can find it if you want me to. Oh, we'll take care of that later. Well, Jeff and I were there for a couple of hours. I'm sure someone will remember it. Uh, a couple of hours for one drink, Miss Lansing? Oh, no. No, Jeff had several. More than he should have, Mr. Howard. I was afraid to let him drive home, but he insisted that he was all right and he wouldn't let me drive, so... <sighs> Mr. Howard, I've already told this to Mr. Kilgore. Why can't he tell you the rest? I've got to hear it from you, Miss Lansing. It's your statement. Well, Jeff was driving the car, and a few miles down the boulevard, I saw this boy on a bicycle, and I called Jeff's attention to him, just to make sure Jeff saw him, too. Jeff, watch out for that boy on the bicycle. I see it, Ruth. I'm not blind. No, but you're not quite sober either. I told you I was all right, didn't I? Well, that doesn't mean that you're looking... Well, just let me worry about what's on the road, honey. I'll get you home with the best of help. Then you'd better watch the road, Jeff. Why? Is the road prettier than you? Jeff, please look where you're driving. You're crowding that early. What? I got out of the way, Trying to, but you're not giving him a chance. Pull over, Jeff. Oh! I couldn't stop. The brakes wouldn't hold. Jeff! You're not going off and leaving. I'm not stopping the car now, Ruth. You've got to. Nothing doing. I'm not getting myself locked up for driving with liquor in me. But that boy might be badly hurt. He might Shut even... Shut up, Ruth, and listen to me. You're not going to say a word about this to anyone. What? You'll keep your mouth closed or I'll see that you get implicated right up to your pretty little neck. Jeff. I'll swear to anything to involve you. And you didn't say anything, Miss Lansing. I was afraid, Mr. Howard. I, I, I didn't know what Jeff meant. But I knew he would. Yes. Whose idea was it to let Winthrop take the blame? J Jeff thought of it. He phoned me after he returned Don's car and he told me what to say and if there was any trouble. I was so bewildered. I... <laughs> well, Sam, what do you think of it? I don't know, Roger. I'd like to check on the place they stopped <laughs> off for the drinks. We can do that tonight. Yes. I'd like to hear what Jeff Kimball has to say about all this. That should be easy. Yes. I'll have him brought here tomorrow morning. 
But I want the girl to be here, too. She's lying, Mr. Howard. Ruth, why don't you tell them the truth? You were driving the car when we hit that kid. Jeff, you know that isn't the truth. Oh, yes, it is. Now, I know I've lied to everybody. The police, the district attorney's office, even to you, Mr. Kilgore. But it was just to protect her. Why, Jeff? She begged me to, Mr. Kilgore. And I wasn't going to be a heel. But letting an innocent man face a long prison term was quite all right with you, was it? Why? I thought he might get a break. Now, Jeff, you already admitted that you borrowed Don's car. Yes. And that you were drunk. I said I'd been drinking, Mr. Kilgore. There's a big difference. But I'm not going to admit that I was driving that car just to save her neck. You've already done that, Jeff. Huh? Excuse me, please. There's someone in the ante room I want you to meet. Dennis, will you come in now? Sure, Mr. Kilgore. Jeff, this is Dennis O'Malley. Where... Where did you pick him up? It's nice of you to remember him. He tried to start a fight with me in the school cafeteria yesterday. I heard what you said to the lady, Mr. Kimball. You heard? From beginning to end. Mr. Kilgore wanted to report. Say, what is this? Who is this guy? He works for the public defender, Jeff. And he's going to testify at Don Winthrop's trial. If there is a trial. But I... Now look here, Kimball. I've got more evidence against you than I ever had against Winthrop. But, Mr. Howard, I... tried, but it didn't work. So why don't you just sit down now and tell us the whole story? Or better yet, here's a pencil and some paper. Write it down and then sign it. Boy, Mr. Kilgore, I never knew the outside could smell so sweet. Well, you can go back to school now, Don, and take your exams. Oh, thanks to you, but I... The sure... university has agreed to give you another exam in place of the one you missed by being arrested. Oh, gosh, thanks, Mr. Kilgore, that's great. <laughs> well, take it easy, Don, you're liable to shake my arm loose. Oh, gosh, I... Well, I... I just want to... I guess all I can say is... Thanks, Mr. Kilgore. Thanks a million. truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, and that among these rights are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Roger Kilgore, Public Defender, written by Stedman Coles and produced and directed by Jock McGregor, features Santos Ortega as the Public Defender and Stotts Cotsworth as the District Attorney. Others in the cast were Donald Buca as Don Winthrop, Lawson Zerby as Jeff Kimball, Tarita Bauer as Ruth, Bryna Rayburn as Mrs. Lansing, Bill Griffiths as Dennis, and Bill Smith as the Detective. Original music was played by Milton Kay. This program was based on an actual case from the files of a public defender, although all names, places, and dates were, for obvious reasons, fictitious. Be with us again next week when the Mutual Broadcasting System will bring you another case in fact with Roger Kilgore, public defender, to prove that justice, equal justice, is the sacred right of all people in a democracy. Caruso speaking, this is the Mutual Broadcasting System.
welcome back. Uh, we got to hear a little bit of Stats Cotworth uh, in this. Of course, Stats Cotworth uh, played the role of Inspector Thorne for a few weeks, uh, replacing the original actor in that. Uh, but he's best known as Casey Crime Photographer, which uh, we're going to get to hear him in uh, later on this year. Overall, I thought this was pretty good. Definitely not a puzzle mystery, and more focused on the process of how the public defender is able to obtain justice for his clients. In this episode, there is a little bit of controversy, or I guess inconsistency. I don't think the show is well known enough for there to be actual controversy over it. Uh, but there's some inconsistency in how different sources date it. Uh, now, the, I downloaded it and, uh, the source cited the date as April 18th, 1948. However, the Radio Gold Index, uh, said that the date was May 18th, 1948, but they acknowledge that it could be April 18th. Uh, and I should have mentioned that John Dunning's Encyclopedia of Old Time Radio does set the start date for April the 27th and the end date for October the 12th of 1948, which are the dates of the two remaining episodes. But because because it is possible it was April 18th and I'd heard he listened to it, I did go ahead and go with this one first. Uh, but... Again, this is one of the tricky things you get into, particularly with a lesser-known show like Public Defender. Now, I was actually under the impression uh, that there were only two episodes in circulation. And as I've mentioned, this year I'm going to take a summer vacation for the first time. And I'd already made reservations, plans to do that. So, and, and, uh, this year that vacation is tied to a serialized story because we're going to have, um, a long form serialization and I don't want to, you know, go on vacation in the middle of the serial. So I do need to make sure that that ends, uh, before I depart for vacation. Uh, so since I, you know, made reservations and plans, uh, planning on a certain number of episodes, I'm gonna have to jigger a little with the schedule. So we will actually bring you, uh, episodes of Roger Kildor Public Defender on Tuesday and Thursday of next week, uh, preempting, uh, Mystery is My Hobby for next week. So be aware of that. All right, well, I do want to go ahead and thank our Patreon supporter of the day. I want to go ahead and thank Debbie. Debbie has been one of our Patreon supporters since October of 2015, currently supporting us at the Detective Sergeant level of $7.14 or more per month. Thank you so much for your support, Debbie. And that will do it for today. Join us back here tomorrow for The Man Called X. And we will be back next Tuesday and Thursday uh, with episodes of Roger Kilgore, Public Defender. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.